0: Hey yo, yeah. Welcome to the World Episode. Welcome, Welcome back to the World of After Show. is one, episode three. Um hey before we get into today's um third episode, the uh, in the trilogy of the pervasiveness of the N-word. Uh, The first one was Spotlight, Amanda Seals. The second one was Spotlight, Mark Lamont Hill. And this one will be a combination of the both of them, plus a few other people. Um, So we're going to do a couple of housekeeping chores here. Number one, I want to talk about some of the responses that I got. Negative and the positive. Some say I'm positive, but then I'm negative. (laughs) Um, First up, the positive. I got some really great feedback. Um, I'm not really used to that, to be honest with you. Um, so that felt good. It also felt good that a few hundred people listened to the podcast. I was not expecting that. I was expecting maybe a few dozen. Um, I got a few hundred, and I am very humbled by that. Very pleased, and very, but very humbled. So I appreciate that, and I thank you to the people who showed up to listen, who who tuned in. I appreciate you guys, and I hope you come back. Um, And to those who also asked, um, yes, I am going to be covering other subjects. As a matter of fact, at the end of this podcast, I will let you know what next week's episode is going to be about. So the reason why... I started out doing the N word podcast is because I feel a specific um, duty because I used to be a real jerk with this word. I used to, I was the worst. Okay. I was like just a fool. I could not stop saying the word. I was vomiting all over the place. I was really good at it. I would say it with a lot of vitriol. I was just an asshole. Like I could throw it like a boomerang and hit you with it and catch it and, and you know, I was just really good at it, you know what I'm saying? Really good at being stupid for a long time. And once I kind of had that neo moment, I knew that there was no going back. And talk about being in the wilderness. Dude, I am a 50-something-year-old black man from the Bronx who doesn't like the N-word. And ergo, I don't listen to hip-hop. I have not for for years, for decades, I have not listened to hip hop, okay? I don't don't subscribe to it, I'm not into it, why? Because I don't wanna hear the N word. It's not that I don't, it's not that acoustically hip hop turns me off, that's not true, it doesn't sonically turn me off. Um, Most of this cadence now with this dribble rap and them just talking about drugs and killing each other, I don't wanna hear that shit. But real hip hop, I love true school hip hop, real hip hop. okay. Um, But anyway, so so I'm I black people don't like to get aired out, uh, you know, and so some people were understandably, you know, like, you know, like Amanda Seals is a lot of people, a lot of people like her. You know, a lot, you know, she's somebody, she's people's favorite. There's people out there who love her. That she's their favorite person. And she has like a million followers. So guess what? Like a hundred thousand of them came at me. Not a hundred thousand. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> a bunch, you know, had some shit to say to me and I had to block a lot of people. And, you know, but I'm like, it's all good. You know, bring it because I guess what it, it had. Guess what happened? I won a few of them over. Okay, sorry, it's really early, early in the morning. I'm, like, drinking coffee and shit. I'm, like, all marble mouth more so than normal, so bear with me. Um, and for the people who gave me negative feedback, right? Um, So they said things like, mind your business, do you, uh, who are you? Let me tell you who I am, okay? So, no, I have never been in the hip-hop business, okay? Not really, okay? I haven't. Um, But guess what? I was there the day hip-hop was born, okay? I was literally there. I used to live at 1590 Undercliff Avenue, okay? During, on the weekends, every Friday night, we would come down those, we would take that walk to the stairs, that would lead you down to 1600 Cedric Avenue. Everybody knows those stairs who lives over there. Um, As a matter of fact, I lost my Fonzie doll back in the days in between that walk. Anybody see a Fonzie doll over there? It's mine. Um, So every weekend. And then for a couple of years, we actually lived in 1600 Cedric Avenue. So, and uh, the birthplace of hip hop was at, I believe, 1520 Cedric. And, it took place in a little park that there's a, a park. There's like a garage and then a park that like separates 1,600 and 1,590. Uh, you know, whatever. It's, it's early. You know, my head is a little bit fuzzy. So forgive my math. And I'm also dyslexic, numerically dyslexic. So I'll jumble some numbers up. But my aunt lived in 1,600. You know the building that was next door, um, which is considered to be the birthplace of hip-hop. So um I spent a lot of time over there. As a matter of fact, I used to play in the car behind sixteen hundred. Remember there used to be a car that was like stuck in between sixteen hundred and fifteen ninety in like that back part where it was like we used to consider it we used to that's where we used to go train, me and my friends when we were young and shit. It was like trees and bushes and stuff back there and it was a car that must have rolled out off of the parking lot and in between like this. Wooded area in between the two buildings, and that was like me and my friends that was like our hangout. that was like our blackbird, our x-Men ship, and all of that type of stuff. so um I used to go to river park towers to the pool every weekend in the summer. um I used to go to the fish spot um heading towards um you know cedar park on on that on that side of of the stairs. That was right there, right before you go to River Park Towers. There used to be right on that corner, there was a fish spot right there. They used to have 50-cent fries. I used to get that every time we would come from the pool. Um, and, you know, you would. it cost 50 cents to get in, but you would get a quarter back. And then I had the quarter, and then, you know, I, had, I would get another quarter, and then I had another quarter for the, the candy store, too which was Trudy's. Do you, anybody remember Trudy's real true hip hop heads that lived through that and Cedar park in that area. You would go to the fish spot. You would go to the river park towers to the pool, Roberto Clemente state park. And then you would go to Trudy's, which was the candy store. Missed that. I missed that. I really do. Um, but um, anyway, so I have ties to the area. Okay. I have, I, have, I have ties to hip hop and I have ties to that area other, in other ways and other things too, but nothing that's really important here in that sense. So when people say, who are you? I'm a black man from the Bronx that was there the day hip hop was born. And I was a user and abuser of the word and I know better now. And in knowing better, I'm going to do better. And I don't give a damn who doesn't like it. Because if you don't like it, you're not paying attention because I'm not, I'm not out here just talking about people. I'm not out here calling people, um, pejoratives all over the place and just attacking superficial things about them. I'm coming at them with points with specific points and I'm not just coming at anybody. Okay. It would be, it would have been easy money for me to go after like just rappers that would have been easy money. Okay? Cuz they they're just they're just tools. You know, they they're just going along with their programming. I'm going after people. I'm going after people who declare themselves to be the smart ones. Okay? And mind you, I'm not going at these people because I hate them. I'm going at these people because I like them. But I'm also used to being outside of my culture and not being able to fully participate in it. And so this is just par for the course for me. But anyway, so I'm doing this for our children. Our children are up against a juggernaut. Our children are up against damn near all of hip-hop. Just think about that. All of hip-hop. All of the corporate money and sponsorship that's in hip-hop. All of that just sprinkled in there just imagine there are people that hate black people that are making money off of us okay hate us i'm not saying that's every corporate person that's involved in hip-hop but i'm saying that they're in there so there's a lot of there's a lot of seen and a lot of unseen things that our children are up against and i feel like it's my duty the fact that i know better it's my duty to do better and if I don't, if not me, then who? You? Because if it was you, you would have got up and did that. But you doing? maybe you're doing other things. And I, and so I wouldn't point at you just because you're doing other things and tell you, hey, why are you doing that thing over there? How come you're not doing this? This is my road to hoe. If that's yours over there, you do that. And guess what? If it's something good, if it's something that I think is worthy and worthwhile, I'll applaud you. But don't point at me and tell me that I'm doing something wrong because I'm looking out for our culture and our children and our future, and I'm putting respect on our ancestors' name, okay? I will battle with, debate anyone who thinks that that's not a noble or a worthy cause. Okay, I have no problem being a man in the wilderness on this. Okay, but I here's what I do know everybody has their audience, everybody has their audience, each and every one of us. And guess what? I'm going to have mine in my Joe Biden whisper voice. I'm gonna have mine and mine are going to be the smart ones. Okay? Even if I got to drag them kicking and screaming to the truth. So, like I said, I'm my main thing is I'm doing it for us, for our culture, for our children, for our future, for our youth, and to put some respect on our ancestors' name. So, moving on. I noticed a phenomenon in with the N word and it has to do with, with music, but it wasn't just that the N word was in hip hop music. I noticed that it's seeping into R and B more and more. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, why would we pollute our love making music? Black people are world renowned for creating Music to get down to. That's just a fact. Okay? That's a fact. You want to have a good time? You're going to put on some R&B. You're going to put on something that has some oomph to it. Okay? You're going to put on something that, you know, everybody has got their songs that they put on that are R&B, black music that they make love to. They just do. Okay? Not that I've been in everybody's bedroom, but I know most people do. Why would we, us black people, why would we taint our love making music with the hate speech of our former slave masters? Why would we put the worst word in the world in our love making music? Why would we make babies to this shit? You can't make that make sense to me. You can't want to feed it to our children. You can't want to make love to this shit and have this great N-word love affair and be a Temple University tenured professor like Mark Lamont Hill. Because my dude, my guy, bruh, that love affair with the N-word, it undermines everything you say about blackness. It makes everything you say about blackness ridiculous because you don't know that you are really undermining yourself it's like if you're trying to blow up a balloon but then you're actually with your other hand you're sticking a, you make a little pin pricks in it on the other side and so all the air is going out but you're like you know wondering what's going on what's going wrong sorry i hit the mic it's early like i said um bear with me also Amanda Seals and Mark Lamont Hill are both entertainers. Mark is an educator/slash entertainer. He's getting into the entertainment field. He's a author. He's a documentary filmmaker. He he has things going on. These people could easily dismiss me, right? They could easily ignore me, right? But eventually you'll wind up having to deal with me because Mark Lamont Hill already ran from me in public, okay? I'm not saying, listen, if Mark Lamont Hill and I start talking about history or and things, I'm sure he could run rings around me. I guarantee you. Same thing with Michael Eric Dyson. Amanda Seals, I'm going to have to say no. But Mark Lamont Hill, for sure. We start talking about politics and history, Mark Lamont Hill, he's going to run around me. We start talking about the N-word, Bruh, I will take you up on the astral plane and intellectually wear you out and send you back to Earth with two black eyes because you don't know what the hell you're talking about. But I want you to know what you're talking about because you're a young, powerful brother and you're out there talking to our children. You're out there talking to our people and I want you to be that. I want you to continue to be that. I got your back. I'm rooting for you. And that's why... You about to get this work. As my man said in, I think it was Harlem nights. Don't take this ass whooping personal. Okay. Um. Mm. Yeah. So, so like I was saying though, seriously, these people could destroy me with a word, you know, Amanda Seals does comedy. She could easily say, you know, it's, and this has happened to me before. Taleb Kwali did this to me. Okay was like real dismissive to me in a a funny way about the N word. And it got a bunch of people laughing at me on Twitter when I originally joined Twitter. But guess what else it also did? It also gave me like a thousand Twitter followers that day because I stood there and I debated. He, He sicked all his Twitter followers on me. He said, get them. And I stood there and I sat in the pocket and I battled with those people for like five hours. And some of them were like, yo, much respect. Never seen nobody do that. So I'm all about it. You think you want to do that? You think you want to sick people on me? Because it's already happened. I'm not saying that they did it in particular, but their people came at me and wound up getting getting butt hurt, getting their feelings hurt, getting their tail tucked back in between their legs, and sent on their way. Because you cannot win this argument. I'm going to say that again. You cannot Sound intelligent, arguing in favor of the N-word, which is why Mark Lamont Hill ran from me, which is why Amanda Seals ran from me, and which is why Michael Eric Dyson ran from me. What I want to get to the bottom of is why are you perpetuating this in the first place, you see, and you not answering me? See, cause you could, you could also, you could be like, Amanda Seals could be doing a comedy and she could be like, ah, N word, suck my dick. And everybody will start laughing and it'll be memes and I could be getting clowned and all of that. And guess what? I'm all here for it. I'm all here for it. I'm going to die for this. Okay. And I don't mean literally, (laughs) I mean, socially, I'm willing to lay down that lay down and die socially for this. Okay, I don't care. I don't give a damn if I get ostracized by my entire community. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. I'm a kid from the 70s, man. I do other things. I read. I write. I draw. I play pool. I play chess. I play video games. I'm not worried about being lonely. Okay, I have plenty of friends. I have my my I have my same childhood friends that I grew up with. Same guys from elementary school to today. Same friends, plus a few more. So I'm okay. Um, Last thing here before we um, really get into it. I want you, because I I hear a lot of this when you kind of come at someone or you are critical of them, and I'm speaking of Mark Lamont Hill and Amanda Seals and also Michael Eric Dyson in this. They have a tendency to get very um, defensive and they'll say things like, oh, what have you done? Like Michael, Eric Dyson loves to go into I wrote 20 something books and go into his whole spiel and each one of them in their own way. They get defensive and they start rattling off what they did. Stop using what you have done as a defense for what you are doing I don't care if you wrote the Gettysburg Address. I don't care if you wrote the Kama Sutra in Spanish. I don't care what you wrote. You are harming black culture, and I'm proving that. And guess what? Today, you're going to get further proof of that. So hang on to your hats, grab your coffee, and we're about to get into part three of The perva- Pervasiveness of the n word starring Mark Lamont Hill and Amanda Seals. Or I should say spotlight on them starring would be them doing it. <laughs> um, so get ready, y'all. We're about to get into this. Okay, so I want to begin by first talking about Amanda Seals' podcast, which is called Small Doses, right? And so in this particular episode, of, or these episodes of Small Doses, it was a series called The Side Effects of Being a Black Intellectual, starring Mark Lamont Hill and Amanda Seals A Conversation. So they start off, right, with both of them kind of joking around and you get the sense of, you know, that these two are really good friends, Right. And so most of it is, you know, up front is pretty playful. Um, And you kind of get a little bit of, um, you know, a sense that Amanda Seals and Mark Lamont Hill are both going to say either black intellectual, intellectual, intellect, one of those three. It's going to be said a lot throughout these four Episodes, it was said so much that I swear to you, I said to myself, This could be a drinking game. Like every time one of them says black intellectual, you have to drink. Every time someone says intellect, you got to drink, or intellectual, you have to drink. Because they just kept saying it. So it, I found it to be amusing um, as the podcast went on because they kept saying this, but it was like, Yeah, you're saying, talking about being a black intellectual, but you're saying a lot of stupid shit. Um, you know, and listen, when I when you hear me cuss, is I'm not cussing at them. I don't have any anger or any real hate or anything like that towards them. I, I don't feel those emotions towards them. I like I said, I think these are actually likable people. Um and I started like I said, I, before I started following Mark Lamont, Mark Lamont Hill because of his you know, he was out there as a pundit. And, you know, I found him his punditry to be interesting. And so I was a fan, at first, you know, until he I started to discover who he actually was. So um, Amanda Seals in the first episode referred to herself as a black intellectual, okay, um, which I you know I have no problem with that. You want to be call yourself a black intellectual or intellectual, I have zero problem with that, until you start saying things that are incongruent with that fact. Um, and in this first part. You said the N word once here, just once in episode one. You said the N word once, and um, you, you, you. One of the 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 thing I found most interesting about Amanda Seals in part one of this podcast is she said something. It was so funny to me. It was, it was so. It was full of such like, I don't know, just like gravitas, like. What balls on you to say this? She goes, she says to Mark Lamayo. she says, do you think Malcolm and Maya were like this? Meaning Malcolm X and Maya Angelou. Girl, by <laughs> Like, what are we talking about here? Are you crazy? Like, you are, you crazy. <laughs> and I don't mean that in a i I'm just in a colloquial way. I'm just being silly, but damn. Like, you you crazy Woody. Like, everybody remembers Woody Woodpecker. But if you really watch Woody Woodpecker, every now and then, the really crazy Woody Woodpecker will come on. The one with, like, the fat legs and the long head. Not the normal one. One, This one was, like, he was really off the chain. <laughs> the one with the fat legs was crazy. You crazy like that. Okay? If you think that anything about you and Mark Lamont Hill in regard to this podcast— was uh, uh, reminiscent of uh, Malcolm X and Maya Angelou. Stop playing games. Nothing like that, okay? Malcolm and Maya didn't sit around and brag about how smart they were while vomiting the N-word. That didn't happen, okay? So stop playing games there, okay? So in episode two, Amanda, um, she really didn't say the N-word at all that I, I remember okay um, she did say something interesting there in in episode three she said um, she said I only speak on what I know about so I thought that was interesting um, because you don't know about this so I guess it's why you haven't responded to me because you did run from me under my under my regular name Chandler, my regular account you blocked me okay so I'm guessing that this is why you won't bring it up because you don't know about it, okay? You don't know how to defend yourself from saying the N-word. You probably don't know why you actually say it. You know, it's just programming. So I understand. I heard what you said, and I understand. Also, in episode three, um, you said, Amanda said, the most effective black intellectuals are the ones that say, I don't know about that. Please put me on. So what she's trying to say here is she finds it when somebody is humbling and they kind of, you know, speaking in a humble way. And they're saying like, well, instead of, you know, making up something or, you know, just using filler words, they will tell you, you know, I really don't understand this or I don't know it. And she finds that to be attractive. Well, you really don't know about the N word, but I do. Okay. I know about the subject and which is why I'm telling you these things. Okay. I, I'm, like I said before, I'm guessing this is why you haven't said anything back to me. Okay. Um, you said, uh, you said, so I'm going to repeat this. You said the most effective black intellectuals are the ones that say, I don't know about that. Please put me on. I'm waiting for you to say, please put me on, because you don't know about that. And then she topped herself and said, I pride myself on that. You pride yourself on that. Think about those words. I don't know about that. Please put me on. I'm putting you on. I'm putting you on, Amanda. You pride yourself on that. Joe Biden heard you. That's great. Okay, so, episode four, Amanda Seals, you said to Mark, okay, why do you feel like we black intellectuals are valuable? So, once again, you referred to yourself as a black intellectual, and your question was, why do you feel like we black intellectuals are valuable? Well, if you were you're not a black intellectual i'm sorry amanda i don't mean to be disrespectful i think you are a you know i think you're a good comedian i think you're funny i think you're talented but an intellectual does not call themselves the n-word nor do they call their own people the n-word you're not an intellectual and neither is mark lamon hill and neither is michael eric dyson They may be scholars. They may be professors. They may, um, you know, possess intelligence. But an intellectual? No. No way. Well, you know what? I'm going to take a little bit of that back. You may be an intellectual, but you're not a true intellectual. Because no true intellectual would call themselves the N-word. And Amanda Seals... Amanda Seals is not a... I, I don't think Amanda Seals is dumb. I think Amanda Seals is very bright. Um, I think she's smart. I think she is witty. I think that she she does have good punditry as well. I think she can, you know, sit there and jib with the best of them. Um, however, you you use the N-word very loosely all the time. And you constantly talk about your ability to think and think outside the box and readjust and think politically and think um, critically and use reasoning and all of these things. And yet and still, you are still calling yourself and your own people the N-word and you are singing songs about it, okay? This is, that's ridiculous, okay? So my gripes with this show your stuff was pretty simple. Mark Lamont Hill, on the other hand... Um, oh, and then in all in all, I think Amanda Seals said the N-word about four times. So, n- four, no more than five. Okay. Now, your partner in crime, Mark Lamont Hill, Professor Mark Lamont Hill. Okay, now Amanda Seals, Amanda Seals has, uh, like I keep saying, she has a degree... And her her graduate degree was from Columbia University and that's nothing to scoff at so I, if, she, if she if she was to remove the N-word from her thinking, I would consider her an intellectual. I would consider her to be a, a budding public intellectual okay budding <laughs> so I went to Mark Lamont Hill Professor Mark Lamont Hill, Temple University tenured professor Mark Lamont Hill. Marky Mark, Um, Mark Lamont Hill. In episode one, he said the N word twice. Okay, he name dropped about fifty-five scholars and black thought leaders and teachers and professors and uh, authors and motherfuckers from the drum circle <laughs> like <laughs> i ain't mean to say motherfuckers but um you know just he, he he went all out you know bringing up every name he could muster and i understand that he is a smart guy and he has studied under a lot of smart individuals males and females okay and I don't doubt that. Now, one bit, it shows when he talks that brother is articulate. He is bright. He is politically savvy. He is intellectually agile. And he knows his shit. So I don't mean to take anything away from him in that sense, nor do I take anything away from the people whose feet he sat at and who he studied under. And that goes for Amanda Seals as well, because I think she's bright as well. So uh, and so, I don't take away anything like that. However, what I do take away from you, 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 it's like you throw all of that away when you say the N word. You, you, you gathered all of that knowledge from all of those great people, right? All of those elders, all of those learned people. You gathered up all of their knowledge, right? and somehow you don't know not to call your own people the N-word, that doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. It's incongruent with being a public intellectual or an intellect of any kind, okay? And so that was in episode one. You said the N-word twice, okay? So uh, let's see. Episode two of the podcast, you said something really, really um, just Hiroshima-level stupid. I mean, this was, talk about, this was like a bunker buster stupid, Hulk buster stupid. Like, this was like, dude, like Mohab, like the mother of all bombs stupid. Like, so he said, he was talking about Black joy. Right. And this is like a new phrase that's been going around black joy. And even this one, black boy joy is weird to me. It's just like people calling each other beloved. Like, don't say weird things to me because you read it in a book or something. But um, anyway, um, so this phrase black boy joy. um, Right. So Mark Lamont Hill is talking about he, you know, there's no money in black joy. So he starts talking about, this was like, the this is so weird to me. He says, he heard a a video of a girl singing, release my nigga to the melody of Feliz Navidad. Really? Like, that's what brought you joy. He said, and I quote, that shit made my day better. I watched it 74 times. I'm sending it to all my people to watch this, because we need a re- we need an interruption. This is how he finds black joy. So some idiot, some fool singing "Release My In" to the melody of Felice Navidad. That's what you was passing around to your people. That's what you think black boy joy is. This is what you think you should be peddling to your own people? You, a Temple University professor, if you're doing this, what chance do our kids have? Our kids are done. If you are this foolish, then what chance do our children have? And people is, would be quick to say, just a little side note, people will be quick to say, oh, that's what the parents are for. This isn't that. Well, half our damn daddies are in jail. Okay? Mama's hard working. Can't be there all the time. You know how it is. You black, bruh. You know how it is. We raising ourselves half the time. Me and my friends, you know, yes, I had a mother... Who was there and who did it the best she could. And my father and my stepfather. But me and my friends had to check each other. Okay? Anyway. My guy. That was one of the most disgusting things I've ever heard anybody with your level of education say. And it, it, it's not a good look on you. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. When the butt hurt from these words wears off, I know that you and Amanda Seals and Michael Eric Dyson, all three of you are smart enough to be able to say, you know something, at least one of y'all to say, you know something, that guy, uh, he's a, he's a idiot. He, I don't like him. I don't like this about him, but damn it. He's right one of you is going to turn around and come to that conclusion because it is the only conclusion you could come to either that or you are just committed in a way that you shouldn't be. Okay. So still in, in episode two, uh, Mark said something else that caught my eye. He said, an intellectual is someone that takes the life of the mind seriously. Okay, yes, sir. Yes, an intellectual is someone that takes the life of the mind seriously. I couldn't agree more. And the 5,000 damn books behind you speak volumes about your intellect. Okay, and you being an intellectual. You sat, you got all those books behind you, you got all those scholars behind you, you got all that education behind you, you got the people behind you. And what are you doing? You're selling us inward water. You're selling us the master's juice. You're keeping your own people in chains. That's what you're doing, brother. You're enslaving your own people by doing that. You're holding us back. You are the problem. You're the problem because you're the educated one. So when people look to see, should they say something or should they not say it? You're the one that they're looking for. You're close to them in age. And you are half in, half out the water. You're afraid to, to go on the other side because then you become Uncle Mark. Just like Michael, D- Rick Dyson becomes Uncle, uh, Uncle Mike. And Amanda Seals will become Auntie. You see, chastising us, scolding us. Okay? You can no longer be among us because you don't understand us. Don't be afraid to be on the outside of something when it's going to do that very thing good for you to be on the outside of it you may not be able to participate in the same way anymore once you once you really come to knowledge of a thing it's like neo in the matrix when he was laying down and he was talking to morpheus when he when he was on the nebuchadnezzar for the first time and he was really in the real world and he said i can't go back can i and morpheus says to him no but if you could would you really want to You know, whatever he said. And it's like, no, you wouldn't go back. Okay. And now, you know, so hopefully you're not going back. Okay. Episode three. Um, Let's see. He talked about spending time debating people on Twitter. Hint, hint. And then after you prove them wrong, they block you. Um, Sir. You did that to me. That is exactly what you did to me. Quicker than a comment. Pyong! That's what you did to me. You spent time talking to me for a few minutes, but you did it quick. I proved you wrong and you ran. You said something else that was interesting. You said Twitter allows for this performance of self where you never concede. You just log off. Okay, so he's like talking about the people who clap at you and then you prove them wrong and then they're gone. Sir, that is exactly what you did to me. Okay, also in episode three, you bragged about going to Africa with Ed Gordon. Okay, and I say it's a brag because you went all the way to Africa, you went to the motherland, and you came back from that and you still saying the N word. That's what you got out of going to Africa with Ed Bradley, with Ed Gordon. That's what you got. You went to South Africa with Ed Gordon and you got the N-word. That's what you came out with. That's like your name dropping and place dropping. Yet spreading the hate like none of that ever happened. What good were these things? What good were these trips? What good was sitting at the feet of these great scholars and people? What good was that? What good did it do you? Do you want to do good for your people? Then get rid of that word. Why are you holding on to it like that, bro? I thought you were smarter than that. Somebody paying you to do this? It's called cognitive dissonance. And we're going to get to that again in a moment. Okay? So, in episode four, okay, Mark didn't say uh, the N-word in that episode, but he did say the N-word in episode uh, one. Okay? Then in episode four, I think it was, you said it again, made up for lost time, like Amanda. Amanda gave off a few extra N-words at the end. Um, uh, uh, let's see. You, I, I already talked about the whole voice in the wilderness from my perspective, but he actually said it. He said, it's okay to be a voice in the wilderness, but debate and argue in good faith. You know, he was saying that people weren't debating in good faith, that they would, you know, bring him to the debate table, but it would be about, you know, people just trying to inflate their ego and trying to get one off on him. Brother, I ain't trying to just, you know what I'm saying? I don't need this. This is not something this is not even a subject that I want to be talking about. I really don't want to. Okay? I really would love to just be talking about some geek shit to be honest with you. This is not a fun topic for me. This is is not. This is a duty for me. I just happen to to be able to discuss this subject. You know, but it is not something that I find it doesn't entertain me, it doesn't amuse me, it doesn't move me. So, Talk about good faith. I am definitely reasoning and arguing in good faith because I want you to do well. I want you to make as much money as possible helping the people. I would love to buy your books and your products and be a part of anything you're trying to do. You, Amanda Seals, Michael Eric Dyson, but you won't let me because you keep doing dumb shit like calling your own people the N-word. Okay, I want to add a few things here and I want to slow things down for a minute because I feel like I at this point, I have said a lot about uh, Amanda Seals, Mark Lamont Hill and Michael Eric Dyson. I have talked about these individuals ad nauseum, as they say. And at this point, I want to pump the brakes a little bit and I want to say a few things. Number one, obviously, I am not perfect. Okay, these are my first three podcasts. I'm sure I will look back at these podcasts and say, oh, my God, cringe. How do I know this? Because I write and I draw when I look back at things I've done in the past a lot of it is cringeworthy. Okay. And I'm sure this will be no different. I will say, I wish I would have said this. I wish I would have said that. I wish I would have gone here. I wish I would have pulled out this and I wish I wouldn't have said that will come up in my own mind. Okay. There are things that I said in these three podcasts that I wish I didn't say that things that I wish I could take back, you know, maybe a word here or there or a phrase or a name You know, I don't you know, I like I said, I'm a one man show when it comes to this, okay? This is my first time podcasting, it's my first time using the equipment, it's my first time learning the programs, it's my first time speaking in public in this way, and it's a lot. And so you add this stuff on with real life, and it's a lot. So, you know, this is I I just wanna say I'm not perfect and I know they aren't either. No one is. And so I'm not completely condemning anybody that I talked about in this podcast. I have no, I'm not telling you don't listen to them. I'm not telling you don't rock with them. I'm telling you that we are obligated as a community, as a ethnic group, we are obligated to make them better for the sake of our culture. It is our duty as men and women, to hold those who are, we hold in esteem to the, a high standard. We don't want to hold those that we hold in esteem to a low standard. That's like your your greatest desire is to go low. We don't want to do that. I don't want someone who has no understanding of a subject teaching the subject to my children or my grandchildren I want you to be as intelligent and well-informed and as honest, intellectually honest, as you can possibly be, as culturally honest. At this point, I think we can honestly say that there is zero way that anyone that has an education, let alone an Ivy League education or is an Ivy League educator, can make an intelligent argument on the side of the N-word. I don't have time to debate every Tom, Dick, and Harpo that wants to debate me on this issue. But if you are a PhD, if you are somebody of real note and you want to debate this issue, I will bring up everything that I did not bring up in this. And that is including the ridiculous... Notion that the N word comes from the word Naga. I don't even want to go into that foolishness that KRS One is pushing. This dude, this brother said he wrote a six hundred page book on the N word. Ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. The N word does not come from the word Naga. Please dispense with that with that foolishness. Okay, Mark, you are a trilingual at at the at least trilingual. OK, I am not uh, uh, a linguist in any way, shape or form. OK, I don't even know what the other word is that a linguist is called. But if you decide to pursue this path ever where you start talking about the word Naga, my brother, it would be bad for you intellectually. It would be bad because I could destroy you with a Google search. And I know you're not dumb. So I know you wouldn't do that. So please, that's a KRS-One argument. Um, And I don't know what made this brother turn into a grandfather and all of a sudden start saying the N-word and write a 600 page book in favor of it. I just think that that's stupid. Um, Not KRS-One. KRS-One has a lot of knowledge to give, but sometimes people get in their own head and they don't understand what it is that the path that they're pursuing okay I w- look up krs1 in the n-word i love the video when he's like trying to explain it and he's like if dog means rice <laughs> once he said that i was done it reminded me of the video you ever see this video look it up where this girl was on youtube and she's like so um serious question here um do dogs have brains and she made a whole video about the dogs have brains. It was like the funniest thing in the world to me. But that's what KRS-One sounded like when he brought up the N-word. A friend of mine um, who works in hip-hop said to me one day, he said, yo, man, I know KRS-One. If you want to have that debate with KRS-One, you know, is just say the word. Man, I, please, that is not even worth my time. Anybody that writes a 600-page book on the in, in favor of the N-word is not really worth my time. But I, I, I would. Just for some JV practice, I would. So if that's the case, KRS-One, bring it. But KRS-One would never even respond, you know? And I actually love KRS-One, okay? Um, I love KRS-One's original music, okay? I was a fan, and I still am a fan. I still listen to his music. When I, and, and I point um, his music out to my son when I want to say, yo, this is hip-hop, you know? And I, here, try that. Put that on. Put that on your ears. Rock with that. That's hip-hop. Okay, so that's enough with that naga business. Let's get rid of that. Okay, Um, so like I said, I'm not perfect, and um, I don't want to pretend like I'm holier than thou. Okay, I'm not. I make plenty of mistakes. There will be plenty of things to point out in my podcast that you could say, "Oh, he's he's untrained." He doesn't have a good voice. He stutters. He sounds stupid at times. I'm sure I do. I sure, I'm sure I am. I'm okay with that. Um, I have a couple of retractions real quick. I do listen to some hip-hop. Um, I just don't listen to a lot of it. So when I write, um, I like to choose albums or I like to choose a theme. Um, in the last few years, I was obsessed with um MF Doom Special Herbs, like the entire album series of special herbs. I I love that whole thing, which is mostly instrumental, but um it meant a lot to me. Specifically special herbs. I've probably never listened to anything else he did because I was afraid. Someone told me he has the N word in his other stuff and I said, yo, I don't want to hear it. I don't even want to give it a chance just special herbs like 1 through 9 or whatever it was I don't remember um but special herbs was my shit okay um yeah so and I also listen to um I listen to like Nigerian hip hop I listen to like foreign hip hop I listen to anything um a lot of I listen to a lot of producer beats and things like that um <clears throat> also um I want to end kind of this portion with Mark Lamont Hill and Amanda Seals and also with Michael Eric Dyson by just asking a really simple question here. So, as I said, I want to just ask a simple question. The question is why? I think why is the most important question we could ever ask. Why? Simple three letters. Why? Why would people who are so smart be so dedicated to perpetuating that word, to pollinating that word, to endorsing that word, to infusing that word in everything you can, to use it so callously, so carelessly? So haphazardly and with such reckless abandon, knowing that there are consequences to doing this. Why would you do that? I mean, I I understand why racists say the N-word. I understand why young impressionable kids say the N-word. I understand why rappers are saying the N-word. What I don't understand is why intelligent Human beings are using the N-word. Last, last, last thing for um, these three individuals. You called your podcast, Amanda Seals, um, the side effects of being a black intellectual. Well, I don't think you ever answered that question, what the side effects are. Maybe you did and I just didn't get it. Maybe you said it throughout. I don't know. But here's what I think the side effects are of being a black intellectual. I think the side effect is responsibility. I think when you are truly an intellectual, I think you have a responsibility to your audience, to reason, to philosophize with the people in mind. You don't do these things because you want to destroy people your culture, you don't do these things because you want to play with people's hearts and minds and emotions and their thoughts. We, you want to elevate, right? That's, that's what Mark Lamont Hill said. You want to elevate people and culture and, you know, right? And I believe that, but the side effect of being a black intellectual is intellectual responsibility. It is cultural responsibility. And if you don't have that, then you should stop calling yourself an intellectual until you do okay and so now i want to lastly <laughs> i say that a lot i know i'm going to cringe every time i hear myself say that but um no hard feelings no hard feelings at all i i have no pro- i would have no problem sitting down and having a one-on-one discussion with any of you um and you know, fleshing this out. I have zero problem with that. So, and I, and I, I would not be adverse to listening to you or soliciting your products in the future if you ever stop saying the N word. So I'm going to pivot from these individuals and I'm going to try something real quick because I have so many notes and so many things from everything from the different my blogs to my book notes. And now these podcast notes, I've literally files on everyone that I wanted to address in regard to the N word. And I want to kind of almost play a game, <laughs> if you will, um, where I take some of these names or some of these instances and kind of mix it up and just do a quick shot. Okay. So let's see. Um, I doubt if I'll be quick. <laughs> um, but And just kind of do like a round robin where I pull up some of these names because I I promise you it's like 45 names and instances that I have. um, And I could just pull up the cards and say something really quick or, you know, detail something briefly in regard to the N word and these individuals. And this has nothing to do anymore in that regard with um, the three individuals who I talked about previously. So they're off the hook at this point. And now we're going to be dealing with other people, other places and other things. Okay. So as advertised, I am going to mix up these random cards here and see what name I can pull out. I'll try to do a couple of them at least one or two, um, possibly three, but depending on which one it is, I don't know if I'm going to be able to be quick. So, Let's, let us begin. Okay, so here we go. Um, I am literally going to pull, I'm not looking, I'm not cheating. Doo, 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 doo. <laughs> Ancestors are watching. Okay, and oh, damn, it's going to be hard to do this one quick. Megan Good. Okay. So Megan Good had a show on Prime called Harlem on Prime. This show was quite possibly the worst 3 minutes of television I have ever seen in my entire life. Okay? Disgusting. Disgusting. So disgusting that I came within an inch of canceling my Net my um Prime Amazon Prime because at which, listen, I'm a huge fan of Invincible. Huge. Okay, it's my one of my favorite comics of all time. I love the show. And it is so rare that you get, like, a just a perfect adaptation of something you love. So I am, I am, I love Invincible. And it is on the same network as Harlem on Prime. And I swear to you, I'm an atheist, but I swear, um, I swear on Cthulhu. I swear on Darth Vader, I swear that I almost can't, and I still, I'm contemplating, I'm contemplating not renewing my my Amazon subscription over this, look at this, I'm going, I'm long winded already, damn it, okay, so what what happened on the show, so in the show, in the first five minutes that I saw, you had these three women who were sitting in a yoga studio having a conversation about men. So I in, in my right here in this file, I have all of the the cards for what they said um, all together. So here we go. Um, Megan Good and um, and her two unknown dummies. Um, I'm, listen, everybody here was dumb for this. This was actually racist to me. And if you're racist, I think I have the right to call you stupid. This was actually racist to me. So there are these three black women. The show is called Harlem on Prime. Three black women sitting in a yoga studio with a Caucasian instructor. Okay, just imagine this. So Megan Good says, you know, these ends ain't shit. But she actually says the word. I don't feel like saying it. You know, these ends ain't shit. Then some other unknown girl goes, these white ends ain't shit either. And then Megan Good says, you know what? Fuck all these ends, and then another one, other unknown says, "Fuck 'em, fuck these white ends, red, brown, yellow, green, blue ends," and then Megan Good says, "Fuck all the ends of the rainbow," and then the other N word says, "Ends ain't shit," and then the yoga instructor comes over and says, the Caucasian yoga instructor comes over and says, "Ladies, I'm so sorry, but maybe." You would be better off in another class. We don't uh, allow racial epithets here. And then Megan Good says, pardon me, but we can say in because we are, in fact, some ends. And the lady says, I don't know what to say. This is awkward, but I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Then these three fools, these three. Racist fools get up and start twerking their way out of the studio, saying "in, in, 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 in," just saying it over and over and over while they twerk. This was disgusting. It was the dumbest representation of black women I have ever seen. Um, I, it totally. I, I wasn't. It's not like I was some huge Megan Good fan, but it just totally. I don't want to see anything with her in it again. I, I, it would be hard for me to pay for it because that was such a directed. Racial, racist, idiotic, culturally suicidal, foolish thing to say and do and to put in a show. Harlem on Prime. The funny thing is what was actually really funny was that the Caucasian yoga instructor was the smartest person in that scene. But I could tell that whatever black dummy wrote that scene, whatever cultural idiotic fool wrote that scene thought that that was actually empowering. They thought that they were saying something, you know, like, yeah, we ends, we can say it. This was somebody using some type of Stone Age reasoning and applying it to today's situation and thinking that they're actually saying something. Megan Good, that was the dumbest five minutes, three minutes I've ever seen on television. Okay, I don't ever want to see it again. I don't ever want to watch that show again. Absolutely stupid. Absolutely horrible. Ridiculous. Look, I just knocked all that shit on the floor. Fuck that. Fuck that bullshit. Don't ever say Harlem on Prime again. Don't. I was embarrassed that black women were. It was trending online for like two weeks. You know how embarrassing. And to see all of the compliments black women were giving the show. I'm like, what a low bar. Like, oh, you just y'all just like pig slop. Anybody, somebody could throw anything to you, you know, just losing your, your cultural, your identity, you know, allowing somebody to say and do this because what? Because she's famous, because you think it's funny, because rappers told you this was OK, because you use it, because you use it in your home, because you use it with your children, because you don't recognize that you're brainwashed for using it. God, that show was stupid. I don't ever want to see it again. And you know what? It also reminds me of something else. I'm about to take a little bit of a pivot, but stay in the same lane. So in doing research, damn, I didn't want to go back to this. In doing research for this podcast, I came across a show that Amanda Seals was in, which was Insecure. I had never seen, I heard about Insecure. I had never seen it. Not a, I'd never saw a second of that show before. So I, I I said, I watched, I turned on like one of the episodes and right away I heard the N-word. And I was like, oh shit, there's like what, five seasons of this. So I, I did an experiment. I literally went to every first episode of every season of Insecure and gave myself a five minute window and said, let me see if, if the N-word appears in each one of these episodes within five minutes. Promise you randomly in all five first episodes Episodes of each season The n-word was there Okay That show ain't shit Fuck that show I don't give a shit uh, Who praises it I don't give a shit Who thinks that That's high quality television That's why I don't even want to go there Okay I don't want to go there That show was horrible Okay Let me do another one Of these things here Before I lose my cool Okay The ancestors are watching Let me shuffle these things up And Oh, oh, my ancestors came through for me on this one. So the next uh, item up for bid, as they say, is Mel Gibson. Now, this was a, this is especially good because I would have forgotten to bring this troglodyte up. OK, um, Mel Gibson. Everybody knows Mel Gibson is a racist SOB. Right. But here's the thing. So when Mel Gibson got busted saying all of that crap about the Jewish community, he got got caught drunk driving. Mel Gibson, for you younger generation, you may not know who he is. You've probably seen his movies. Mel Gibson is a huge star. He has been for decades, decades. Okay, he gets busted drunk driving and he starts telling the police like "Uh, Jews are responsible for all the wars in the world. He starts saying all of this crazy shit. Right. So, he gets arrested. He goes on, like, all the talk shows and does this, like, culpa, where he's apologizing to like just, like, any Jewish person he can find. He's, like, going to, you know, Israel to kiss feet. He's doing everything he can to make up for this because why? He knows that if he does this, that if he doesn't do this, he will never work in Hollywood again. So, guess what? I'm all about forgiveness, man. I am. That man was drunk. And he may be racist. Uh, he may have been racist, but he was drunk. And I, I just, I think it was, you know, everybody deserves a second chance. He went, they gave him a second chance, fine. So then the tape surface of him cussing out his baby mama. And, you know, he's, he, what he said to me was unforgivable. Okay. It was unforgivable. He was taught, he just kept, ranting and raving like a lunatic and breathing heavy and just saying just the most obscene, weird, like comical shit he could say. But at one point he was talking about um his his um kid's mom's breasts. I guess she had breast implants and he was saying he didn't know it and he was talking about the way she was dressed and he, he said if you go out and you get raped by a pack of ins, it'll be your fault. Raped by a pack of in's You know what I find really sad about this? There are black men out there, or I should say black boys, mentally boys, that don't give a shit about that. They will go see anything Mel Gibson is in. They don't care because they are brainwashed to think that there's nothing wrong with the N-word, let alone somebody um, using it as a pejorative against them. They don't care. They've been brainwashed and socialized this way now, like literally mental slaves at this point. The thing, here's the thing. OK, that a smart person is going to pick up on a couple of things. Mel Gibson never apologized to black people for this. OK, in my Umar Johnson repeat voice, King Kong consciousness, Mel Gibson never apologized. By the way, um, I now I, I, I do know why Umar Johnson repeats itself. So I take back what I said in the beginning. Um, I get why he repeats itself. So I just did it again. Jesus H. Christ. Um, (laughs) Okay. So Mel Gibson is a piece of shit who never apologized to black men, let alone the black community for calling us the N word. And anybody still rocking with this fool at this point can eat a bag of hot dicks and sticks. Okay. Okay. You're a fool and you're brainwashed. And I know that was harsh. And I know it kind of goes against me trying to have a softer tone ending the whole portion with Amanda Seals and Mark Lamont Hill. But damn it, Mel Gibson gets my ire. Okay, fuck Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson is out of everybody I talk about. Mel Gibson is he is unforgivable to me. He's unforgivable. And if you pieces of shit who are doing this John Wick TV show. Put him in there. If you have the unmitigated temerity to put this racist piece of shit in this show, I will do everything in my power to make sure black people boycott that shit. And I will say, fuck you to the whole John Wick series. Fuck you. If you put Mel Gibson in that shit. And that's all I have to say about Mel Gibson. All right. I want to end this on a good note. (sighs) Let me breathe let me woof sob let me clear space i don't want to end talking about mel gibson what i want to end talking about is i did this as an this entire series for my ancestors yes i am an atheist i am proud to be an atheist and i am proud to be a black atheist okay i know that's not popular i don't care i don't care but what I am telling you is that even though I am an, an atheist, I still respect my ancestors. I respect I respect the legacy of my ancestors. I respect just everything they did for us. Just the millions of them that died, beaten, stabbed, raped, burned, hung, sold, hunted, chewed on by dogs. Uh, hey, just everything you can imagine. And all the while being called the N-word. And I think that it is sad that we have now been so brainwashed that we think nothing is wrong with this word. Okay? We think nothing is wrong with it. Even to the degree that we will use cognitive dissonance. Meaning we know that what Megan Good Put in that show was wrong. We know that Mel Gibson is racist, but if Mel Gibson comes out with an, another Lethal Weapon, guess what? You're gonna see it. Guess what? If he said he wanted to do another Lethal Weapon, guess what? Danny Glover gonna jump right on that, and guess what? Y'all gonna go see it. And guess what? If I said, uh, reiterated what I said about Mel Gibson, y'all would be like, oh no. Well, guess what? Now you know, and knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe? No, nah, just kidding. Um. So I just want to say thank you. Peace to my ancestors. Peace to my future generations. Peace to the youth. I did this for you. Um, I mean, no harm to anyone that I spoke of except for Mel Gibson. Fuck Mel Gibson. Um, Other than that, thank you for listening to the Robot Afro Show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the downloads. Thank you for the retweets. Thank you for the fat beats. And on the next episode of the Robot Afro Show, uh, drum roll, please. This is a high-tech show. On the next episode of the Robot Afro Show, we will be diving into the subject of UFOs. That's right. We going on the robot side of this equation, baby. See you next time. Same bat time, same bat channel. Now, understand. On now. Peace.